Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Racket Athlete Podcast. Today we have on Patrick Rapp, who is working as a strength coach and personal trainer in Vastara, Sweden. He owns a company called the Sports Performance Centre, where he actually has two personal trainers there that are employed. Um, he works with the general population, looking to get them in shape um, and working out and to increase their health. He also works with elite athletes who compete at the international level. Patrick has worked with a lot of different sports over the years to help athletes compete. Um, these include tennis, hockey, NHL, Sweden's top leagues, soccer, MMA, whether it's professional or amateur, competing at world championships. Over the years, he's also worked with some badminton players and tennis players. And right at this moment, he's actually the strength coach for one of Sweden's up-and-coming junior players. Um, welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. So you're having a good day so far? Sweden all so good? Far, yeah, yeah. It's a bit uh, grey, uh, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good day. Yeah, a bit yeah. nervous, uh, but uh, very, very happy to be here. Yeah, great. Yeah, so how we're going to start today, Patrick, I think, is just really how did you come about starting your company, the Sports Performance Center? And you can maybe just go into a little bit depth about, about that and how, how it came about, really, for yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, to, uh, the, the short story is that I, uh, my, my training background is uh, karate, uh, like martial arts. Uh, and I, I've trained like a lot and, and coach a lot of, uh, of uh, like both uh, juniors, like trying to just training for fun and, and, and at a, like a um, Swedish national level. Uh, and when I started the tra- uh, studying sports science, uh, I kind of incorporated that uh, the physical training aspect for for my karate athletes, and it went pretty good. Then I got a few more athletes that wanted to uh, like want me to help them with the the strength aspect and the conditioning aspect of karate, and that wasn't. It's a pretty big thing now, but when I started a, a few almost ten years ago, it wasn't like no one trained strength at the gym. They just trained karate so it went pretty good and then you know i got even more uh, athletes that wanted help and all of a sudden they wanted me they wanted to pay me so then i had to start mm-hmm. a start a company so yeah. that's basically <laughs> that's basically it yeah so that's uh, the short story of it then yeah yeah not uh, not some some good plan just you know of course uh, you can so, you, you get the pay it kind of just fell into place then really didn't it yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. I mean, I enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, so obviously from from, from its start and then, how, how has it progressed from the start to, 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 to now really? Obviously you kind of mentioned the short story. Maybe you could go a little bit more in depth about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, you know, I, I started with like one athlete and uh, he, he won the, the series championships, uh, got a place in the national team. Uh, I got a few other athletes. Uh, during that time, I, I kind of had my, uh, I was also chairman in, in, our, in our karate uh, club. Uh, so I took one of the like the small offices we had and I kind of tear it out and put in a, like a, a good mat and uh, a barbell and said, this is my gym now. And I think it was nine square meters or something like that. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> so, so it was, it's a pretty small place in the beginning. Yeah. 
yeah. and we had like that for for a year but then the the club had to change uh, locations and then we don't have like a space for me so it's either either i i do this like for real or or i stop doing it and uh you know it felt like yeah, I, I can I can do this, and by that time I had a few a few like general population clients, uh, and one guy there helped me uh, get the lease of the uh, the place I'm at now. So it was kind of was a tough decision. Okay, mm. cost a lot of money in, in every month, so I get yeah. to <laughs> I have to <laughs> I have to do this. So, but I got the lease, and and uh, we prepare the the facilities with uh, some barbells and weights kettlebells and stuff like that and uh, you know by that time I had uh, I had the company and then I, I started a lot more sports science and I had a, like a real job <laughs> on the side yeah. uh, to pay to pay the rent and food uh, and you know you you work and uh, you get more clients and all of a sudden you're at another like break point where you have to either I, I I do this full time, or or I stop doing it because I, I I can't manage the time. Yeah. So I, I quit my 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 quit my day job and became a personal trainer for uh, full time. And yeah. it was a yeah good decision. Uh, it was tough in the beginning, of course. Uh, and about uh, a year and a half ago, I had so much work that I thought I I need uh, I need someone who can help me. Yeah. And then uh, by that time, I, I trained a lot of different athletes, and and I trained one the MMA fighter, uh, Millie. Mm -hmm. She competes at uh, like international levels. She can be in two world championships, one European championships, and multiple Swedish championships. And so she was, uh, she's uh, undefeated in in Thai boxing uh, in oh, Sweden. Wow. So uh, I helped her with the, her strength conditioning, and she That's were uh, like doing the education to become a personal trainer. So. We yeah. talked and, and uh, she started uh, about a year ago okay. and uh, this January uh, we had a new guy coming in starting, Rasmus. She, he's also uh, like a martial artist, he competes in wrestling at okay. the national level and he's also a member of the Swedish national team in wrestling. Okay. So a great guy, uh, like he's, uh, his warm-ups are like my whole training sessions, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so now we're three uh so that's how the uh, how the like the personal yeah. yeah and also you know i have all of the athletes i've i've gotten it's basically uh i've trained one athlete he had a friend that wanted to come train and that friend happened to be a like a soccer player and uh, that soccer player knew a hockey player that started to come to train and yeah. that hockey player kind of drew New hockey players. Then I got a, yeah. a player who trains in in, in uh, that competes in NHL, and uh, yeah. of course that draws a crowd, and that's how yeah. that's how it's been yeah. since the beginning. So, so. it, it kind of like <laughs> snowballed with the athletes. Then, so one one person knew the other, and then it just got recommendations. Really, then. Yeah, yeah. Like I think ninety five percent is is recommendations from yeah. from other people. So that's uh, so. I mean, I I don't have a I'm bad at having a long-term plan uh, for things. Uh, it just, I try to do a, a good job and that, mm -hmm. yeah, it gets the, the snowball rolling. It's for you so far. Yeah, so far. We'll, we'll see Absolutely. how long it will last. <laughs> a bit of luck, <laughs> a bit of luck, of course, but uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Or I love the luck, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll move on now to more specifically into tennis. Obviously, you've worked with tennis players and you're currently working with a tennis player. So what is it you like about the complex needs of, a, of tennis when working with tennis players? I think that tennis is a... It's a special sport. Uh, it's a lot of technique. Uh, of course, I mean, all sports are technique, but it's uh, it's very very complex because uh, you have the like the, the of course the uh, your opponent, but also yourself. Uh, and I think if you look at the, uh, the the top tennis players in the world, they have uh, different uh, playing styles. They have uh, different. Uh, like body compositions and uh, of course they play they make i mean i think that you can come into tennis uh with a lot of different uh like anthrometry uh, like the, the body compositions yeah. uh but you have to do you have to kind of create the the, the playing style from from yourself yeah. it's hard to it's hard to have okay every tennis player should should squat two times yeah, the body yeah. weight. So you yeah. should be this flexible because you have players that are very flexible and so then you have players yeah. that are, aren't that flexible. So you kind of have to, you have to uh, create the tennis from, from like, uh, from yourself. And, yeah. and that's the same with, with the strength and conditioning because if you have this, okay, I want to play tennis this way because I think that's, that's how, how I will, will become good then you have to uh, create the strength and conditioning uh, from that uh, so that's uh, that's quite interesting uh, and yeah. i work with uh, some tennis players and badminton players and like the foundation is of course it's it's uh, similar but it's it's pretty different uh, for training styles uh, and i also think that the like the complexity of of the tennis uh, game like if you if you work with soccer or, or mma you know that it's, okay it's two times 45 minutes uh, or mm -hmm. it's uh, three times five minutes yeah. but tennis could be 30 minutes or it could be two hours it could be i mean you never know longer. yeah yeah so yeah. it's uh, i mean that's that's quite hard to okay should we what kind of conditioning do we need yeah uh, i mean who are we gonna maybe uh meet in the next tournament uh, it's it's quite uh, hard to to plan for yeah uh, and of course like the 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 aspect of uh, the one-sidedness of tennis mm -hmm. like you have like all of my tennis players that are right-handed they have they're stronger in the right hand than they are in the left yeah. hand which it's mm -hmm. i mean i guess you have to be but how much stronger can we allow them to be uh, how much uh, uh, how much do the risk of injury increase if we have uh, different like uh, sides of the body? That's also yeah. very, very interesting. Uh, so those are kind of the aspects that makes tennis uh, a fun, but also complex sport to work with. Yeah. So really what, what I was getting from you there is really it's about the individual and, and depending on there's no such thing you could just point out and say okay this must be done this must be done this must be done in your training you always have to be adaptable and growing in your training as well yeah exactly and and also like the the, the athlete is uh, i think we'll we'll get to that later in the podcast but the, the athlete also is always the 
the person who who needs to like dictate the training like if, mm -hmm. if one of my athletes okay now i work on this uh, this small uh, detail in the in the serve okay mm -hmm. then then the, the kind of the strength conditioning has to follow that that yeah. technique training uh, yeah. so it, it's hard to like i think in diff in other sports we can we can dictate more out of the the strength and conditioning like if mm -hmm. okay you, you can't compete in mma if you don't have like super high uh, vo2 max but yeah. it's it's impossible because i mean of course you can knock people out in the in the first round uh, but mm -hmm. i mean you can only do that until a, a certain level then yeah. then you have to go three yeah. or five five minutes mm -hmm. rounds mm -hmm. but in tennis it's uh, it's much more up to the individual yeah definitely um, so obviously talking a little bit there about you're talking a little bit about the fitness aspects of tennis. So how do you go about constructing a tennis fitness program with progression of the athlete in mind? Or you know, I, could, uh, could you maybe talk about an example that you've already done or possibly thinking about doing? Or Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, it's when you work with a lot of different sports or athletes that I, that I get to do, there's a much more similarities than there are differences of course uh, in in the basic training i mean you have to i think that you always have to be you have to be strong and of course what is strong it's it's, it's a difference but compared to your like um, body weight or or whatever you have to be strong uh, and you also have to have a like a good vo2 max a good uh, conditioning so mm -hmm. that's where we always start and if i if i have um a youth athletes, uh, I I get them to move good, uh, get them to learn how to move the body, and become flexible if they're if they're uh, tight. If you have a tight hip flexor, but but mm -hmm. uh, you have a good uh, uh, like hamstring flexibility, then mm -hmm. we need to obviously work on on the hip flexion. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're like compared to your body weight, if you're if you're not strong enough, which is I mean, you have to be able to at least like squat your your body weight, uh, mm -hmm. and if that's if if you if you're not, un, unable to have a, a bar on your back, you can do it in a, a leg press machine or a, with a hex bar. It doesn't really matter. You have to be strong in your legs and in your core, and that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how kind of how I try to work with the with youth athletes. Uh, okay. Make them, yeah. Make sure that they they know the way around the, the weight room and uh, that they know how to uh, push themselves when they come to the uh, the conditioning sessions because uh, mm -hmm. I don't I think that a lot of like youth players or youth athletes they're they may not like used to training they, they yeah. know how to to play their sport but yeah. have they really pushed themselves to uh like on a, on a scale of uh, one to ten to a nine when it comes to conditioning yeah uh, like a lot of the players i work with or athletes i work with haven't done that so that's always the foundation yeah uh, and if it's a like a more senior athlete or or a professional athlete we kind of uh they get to dictate what we do so i mean i'm not uh i watch a lot of hockey but i haven't played in the nhl so i don't know how yeah. that feels but yeah. but i can ask them i can ask them okay what do you uh, what do you want to work with uh, what mm -hmm. uh, what have your coach said to you and mm -hmm. then they they get to tell me what they need to work on 
and from that i get to decide what are the like the the physical aspects of yeah. this uh, or what what are the technical aspects that you need to work on on your sports mm -hmm. and then we can like come to the conclusion that okay for you to be more more powerful on the ice or get uh, more powerful in the court you need to get a bit stronger before we can work on the the like explosive aspect yeah. Okay, so now we get to start in the with strength training, then you can get to explosive training, then you get the the movement on the court as a uh, as the the effect. So I think it's it's a different difference from like the the, the age aspect or or yeah, yeah. on the athlete. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so with the youth athletes, obviously you're thinking about movement patterns, flexibility, and building up that core, that that, that strength, that basic strength to have. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and, and of then, course that's it's hard to know that what is strong enough. But but you can you can uh, you can basically see that of the athlete. I have one of the the, the tennis players that I train, Anton. He's uh, he's like very. Uh, he's uh, he's a very type two muscle fiber guy, yeah, okay. so he can Fast. he can easily, yeah, any day he can squat one hundred and seventy kilos, yeah, without problem, basically yeah. without a warm up. So it's <laughs> so <laughs> which is not so, no, of course not. Please don't do that at home, <laughs> guys. But uh, but uh, so he's he's super explosive. Um, so obviously for him, uh, we have done all of the strength training for his entire life i mean if, yeah. if he if he reaches his goal which is to, to compete at the highest level we can have like a two two week uh strength like period per year for him to keep his his strength but his yeah. his issue was the 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 conditioning part because okay. he was so explosive he he kind of he burned out yeah. yeah so so for for him it was okay we, we have we have checked all the boxes of the the strength aspect aspect for his mm -hmm. like leg and and hip muscles mm -hmm. but we need to to spend a lot more time on the conditioning part yeah uh, for him to kind of get uh, uh for him to be able to use all of his his like muscle and his explosive yeah. yeah so it's it's more of for looking at the athlete uh, yeah, yeah. So, so what about so you could maybe maybe touch on there? You spoke about the conditioning. What sort of things do you do for the conditioning aspects with your athletes? Then, obviously, you know, strength aspects. We've spoken a bit a bit more about. So, what about the conditioning aspects? What what sort of things do you look to get them to improve on um, and and work with on work work with you on? We usually we do uh, some sort of what's you say like linear periodization uh, if we if we know that we have uh, two months until we we need to compete or or we do a lot of basic uh, like usually a lot of running because uh, uh, on the on the treadmill maybe mm -hmm. four minutes three minutes two minutes like that just to be and we always uh, work with uh, uh, heart rate monitors so we can yeah. see where yeah always so we know that we're yeah. in the right uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, so that's what we do when we have a lot of time before the uh, before the uh, uh, competition period. So, basic basic conditioning uh, to build yeah. uh, the VO two max. Yes. And 
course, as we progress during the time before the, the competition, we, we go more towards the uh, like sport specific aspects. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So more um, court work, more um, uh, like side to side movement. We could yeah. do some small jumps. Maybe we uh, we have like 30, 20 to 30 seconds where we run to one side, like slam a ball into the the ground run yeah. to the other side do a bit of jumping mm-hmm. uh, that sort of sort of thing and we try yeah. to basically mimic the the movement on the court but yeah. make it harder of course so yeah. so you get used to the yeah you, you we want to, to train harder than we yeah so, than we compete yeah yeah uh, so, so that's basically how we yeah uh, but that's with the more uh, what to say, the more advanced athlete. Yeah. Uh, usually, I think that the like a, a, what I see in, in tennis with with the youth players that they, they do a lot of the, the training that maybe the senior players do, and they try mm-hmm. to mimic that when you're like 13 or 14 years old, uh, which is, I mean, not a waste of time, but I think you could spend that time more wisely mm-hmm. uh, with building the the like the heart and the lungs uh, and the vo2 max yeah so uh, uh that's also i mean as as before depends on the athletes and where, where you are in your uh, in your Depression. yeah exactly mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that's that's great information um about conditioning especially because um a lot of people focus on the strength but you know conditioning is as important for, for every athlete, really. I mean, obviously, everyone trains them in different ways and have their own opinions, but I, th- I think what we spoke about there is really good. Yeah, so, and also, like, for for the... Uh, I, I think that for, for the uh, decision-making aspect on, on the court or during the, the tennis match, that, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to be able to, to make the right decision, that's a cardio aspect uh, yeah it's i mean you can do you can do a lot of different drills mm-hmm. but if you don't have the the, the heart capacity or, or the capacity to just pump mm-hmm. out the, the oxygen in your body you, mm-hmm. you won't have to be able to make the right decision and also an, an injury aspect i work a lot with soccer and and bandy i don't know if you have a band in scotland but it's basically no. soccer on ice it's 11 oh, people okay. and it's uh, a nice uh, big as a, a soccer court uh, it's oh, okay actually the, the world's fastest team sport it's, it's great fun you should watch it wow that's uh, interesting. That's, <laughs> they, yeah they, they have a problem with with concussions uh, oh, okay. basically people get too tired and then they bump into each other and, and yeah. when you do that at 45 kilometers an hour then Oof, yeah. you know they're not allowed so also for for uh, for tennis, uh, I mean, basic conditioning, it's very yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely. So as we both know, as a fitness coach, it's not just about the fitness aspects. We have to deal with with um, some days with athletes, we need to motivate them mentally. So so how do you go about doing that with your athletes then, Patrick? Yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> but uh, usually, yeah. usually when, when I meet an athlete the first time, we talk about the, the motivation and, and why do you like why do you want to become world's greatest tennis player and when what what would that mean to you? And 
what are the like if you, if you imagine yourself winning the Wimbledon on the center court what what kind of feelings do that invoke uh, mm -hmm. and when when we uh, when we get to Paris where we we're not as motivated which of course I mean everyone comes to that uh, we can we can go back to that conversation we can go back to that feeling we can go yeah, back to that yeah. seeing yeah. ourselves on that cord holding up the, the the first prize and yeah uh, yeah so we usually try to come Visualize. back to that yeah exactly yeah so but also yeah sorry no on you go yeah but and and also we we i mean i don't think you have to be 100 percent motivated all all the time it's impossible to be that i mean yeah, uh, yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah. you don't want to get out of bed but <laughs> i i try to <laughs> I try. I try to tell my my athletes that okay, on, on Tuesday, I, they they should know when the hard sessions are coming, so mm -hmm. they can prepare themselves. Yeah, so they, yeah. they get a good uh, good uh, uh, preparation. Because yeah. like okay, on, on Tuesday we're gonna yeah on Tuesday we're gonna run uh, twenty uh, four hundred meter intervals with one minute uh, between. So if you haven't slept until that. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna definitely puke out of the window <laughs> so so they should know when, when when the hard sessions are coming so they can yeah. prepare themselves for mm -hmm. that and they should also know when we have the like the the prehab and the rehab sessions mm -hmm. and they know that okay on 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 thursday is going to be some mobility work some shoulder work some some hip ankle work it's not going to be a problem for me uh, so i can i can I don't have to focus as much on that session. I can put my focus on the on the afternoon session where I have uh, uh, tennis sparring. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we try to always have the communication with the athlete and uh, with the tennis coach as well, how we're going to uh, build up the week uh, for so we can put more emphasis on the sessions where you have to be motivated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. You touched on their prehab and rehab. So, um, what sort of things do you sort of do with your athletes for prehab? Because I mean, that's I've heard that you know it's very important as well, and also rehab. So, you can maybe talk about maybe a couple of things you do for prehab and a couple of things you do for rehab with with athletes that you've maybe worked with. Yeah, sure. We we do we try to get the. Uh, the how do you say it? I lost the word in English, but the um, uh, the routine of mobility work before every session. So okay. yeah. basically, hip, uh, hip, shoulders, back mobility. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. our routine, what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a routine uh, we want to do before and after uh, games. Yeah, uh, just to to make sure that you. Uh, yeah, uh, prepare yourself for the for the next hopefully the next game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we also do a lot of uh, we try to do uh, every second week we do a uh, like uh, uh, shoulder and the back uh, workout. We do a lot yeah. of TRX band. We do a lot of uh, rows yeah, with yeah. TRX rows with uh, like external <laughs> rotations in in the shoulder and the arms. Yeah, uh, yeah. we do a lot of. Uh, like right now we do a lot of uh, footwork uh, yeah like yeah. if you caldeets have done a lot of work with the like the spring ankle uh, we do yeah. a lot of that uh, we do a lot of for tennis players one-sided things uh, so okay. like 
dumbbell presses, uh, both like lying down and standing up mm-hmm. for, yeah. And if we have, which we usually have one side that's more, more uh, Strong. stronger than that. Yeah, we, we use, we always use the, like the weak side as a reference. So if mm-hmm. you have, if you can uh, dumbbell press 10 kilos on your left, but 20 kilos on the right, we always use 10 kilos to, to uh, not, to even out the sides. Yeah, uh, yeah, so we try yeah. to do a lot of that. Uh, uh, we do some, of course, some some core work, core rotations, yeah. pelvis yeah, yeah. presses, uh, uh, those kind of things. Uh, yeah. That's usually what we do. Uh, we try to uh, use some variety in the movements. Yeah, uh, we don't do the same movement every time because, uh, I mean, we want some sort of row, we want some sort of press, we want some sort yeah. of uh, like core rotation. Yeah. Uh, try to, to play with different exercises. Yeah. That's basically it. It's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Nothing <fancy. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so really, we'll move on to, 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 to badminton nouns. Um, what have you found in badminton physical aspects that really separate it from tennis physical aspects, if you have found any at all? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the things that are similar are, are the, the prehab exercises and, and the, the conditioning and, and the strength, like the basic, basic things. Mm-hmm. But I think that for me, uh, tennis is, I mean, of course, it's, uh, you have to move yourself on the court uh, on, on longer distances. So mm-hmm. we, have, we can have a more emphasis on, on uh, like running technique and that mm-hmm. kind of things for, for tennis, which mm-hmm. we don't have to have for, for badminton. Yeah. Uh, usually with, uh, with the tennis, we need to get them in the deeper positions and the yeah. more of the, like the bigger rotations. Mm-hmm. Uh, for badminton, we can have uh, like a, of usually a higher position, more up on your toes. Yeah. So w- when you when you can do the squatting positions we can uh, we can be we don't have squat as, as low for for badminton players usually yeah. uh, and of course badminton we have the like the big and deep lunge positions where we usually don't have during during tennis uh, so that's basically the, the difference and also yeah. of course the like the wrist movement for for badminton are are uh, there's a lot more of them but I, I think there's a difference there, but I, I, I haven't really figured out uh, how to to manage that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the, the things I'm picking up on there is the, the kind of the three differences are the 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 squatting, the lunging, and um, the did you mention was it the wrist movements? Yeah, yeah, wrist movements, and also yeah. the the aspect of the. Uh, I think that. If you're a tennis player, if you're, if you're a young tennis player, you should used to visit a track and a track club and mm-hmm. learn how to run. Mm-hmm. That's, but you don't have to do that as a badminton player because you don't you don't get in those positions. But yeah. if you're if you're uh, if you're a tennis player, you should run how to run with like one hundred meter sprinters. That's, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. So as as we're picking up there, the the rest movements, the, the difference in the lunge, difference in the squat. Um, and if you're a tennis player, you recommend that you should be learning to sprint 100 meters. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So obviously moving on to um, your junior 
ranked tennis player that you work with specifically? What are the aspects of your junior ranked tennis player has to work on, in your opinion, to achieve top level tennis status as he wants to? I mean, I before I worked in tennis, I didn't realize how much tennis players trained. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's insane, <laughs> and uh, like the the. the volume of training is it's it's crazy mm. uh, so i i mean i'm gonna maybe stick my neck out and say that a lot of the volume that you do on the tennis court may might not be i mean might be unnecessary mm. uh, i think that you can you can use you can spend your time more more wisely uh, wisely because mm. there is a problem with i don't know how it is in, in scotland but in, in sweden it's a problem with injuries for for young players i mean yeah. and they, they shouldn't be you shouldn't be like 15 years old and injured that's crazy yeah so i think that we have to prepare people for for the amount of volume of of training uh, you have to do and i don't think that you get the the amount of of uh, like vo2 max and strength that you need to have to compete at a high level of tennis on the tennis court i think mm -hmm. you need to get that in the gym or or, or at the track or or in the like at the at the treadmill yeah so for us we have been working a lot of of putting that foundation as i talked about like anton uh, the, the the tennis player i work a lot with his he went from not being able to squat properly because he hadn't done that to as i said squatting 185 kilos i think as a maximum wow. uh, in in a couple of years so we have we have done that hard work and we have done a lot of work in in like the prehab getting him strong uh, to be able to be to play tennis as a senior uh, so um, and i think that you have to to have like a deliberate practice you have to have a, a, a reason to train like the, the purpose of this training session is then you have to have yes. a purpose yeah, yeah if, if it's just okay I'm, I'm just gonna be able to, i'm just gonna go out and, and practice some backhands then mm -hmm. uh, if i do that without intent uh, it's i mean it's of course not a waste of time but you can spend the time in a different way yeah. so uh, i think like for for junior uh, tennis players like you have to build up a physical foundation yeah. uh, for you to be able to, to play play tennis mm -hmm. uh, and you have to build a, a physical foundation uh, for for your senior years mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, i mean if you're gonna compete i don't know how how many competition they do if they do they do maybe between 10 and, and 20 big uh, tournaments a year with your a top ranked player yeah. and if, you, if you're going to be able to do that uh, without getting injured uh, or injured as as little as possible uh, then you have to, to build a physical foundation and you do that when you're a uh, when you're a junior and a kid not when yeah. you're a senior uh, so a lot more strength training a lot more cardio training mm -hmm. and even out i mean you can train a lot but you have to even out like the intensity and, and the volume on different yeah. things. So and in Sweden, yeah, in Sweden we have a saying that if you want to be a, a good at one sport, you should train multiple sports. Yeah. And that's just one way to, to have a lot of training volume, but mm -hmm. not too much like impact 
uh, from one spot. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's also thinking about um, really transferable skills from other sports and also the fact that you don't want to be getting repetitive injury syndrome or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I think if you, if you, if you have, if you had an injury, I mean, the, the, uh, the, the best way to predict if you're going to have uh, an hamstring in you if is if you had had a hamstring injury before. So mm -hmm. the best way to, to avoid injuries is to avoid injuries. So, I mean. <laughs> so train, train various aspects really is what we're trying to say there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on to more of a personal and sort of professional uh, part for yourself here. What do you think you've done personally and professionally do you think to be voted one of Sweden's top personal trainers for the past seven years? Yeah, it, uh, a lot of luck, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had, I have good, good clients. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, have, if you have good clients, they make they make you good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not the one who does the lifting and uh, the I used to do the shouting on the side. So... <laughs> But uh, so that, that's that's one uh, big aspect, I think. Yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, I set the same the same standards for me as I do with my athletes. If if you come yeah. to me and say I want to be the best tennis player in the world, mm -hmm. of course we we're gonna we're gonna try to make you the best tennis player in the world. But mm -hmm. then you have to do the work. Uh, if you're ready to do that, we 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 can might get there with a bit of luck. And I, I, I do the same for me. I want to be, I mean, I want to be the best trainer in the world. So yeah, I have yeah. to put myself through through the same thing. And, and yeah. for me, it might not be the, the training until I puke, but it's like continual education, uh, yeah. dig deeper into things that I, I think that I already know. And, and of course, try to think outside the box. What can I, what can I learn that make me, uh, that I can incorporate into my, uh, into my work yeah absolutely uh, so that's uh that's how i try to try to be yeah yeah definitely um so can you give any recommendations to junior tennis or badminton players who want to achieve top level status in the sport at any point yeah i think i mean accept that it will will take a long lot of time yeah. uh, and i think that you should uh, i mean be in it for the long run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and if, if, if you dare like postpone the winning and the success and all of that as mm -hmm. far as you can, uh, I mean, no one, no one remembers who won the Swedish championship as a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not uh, important. Mm -hmm. uh, it's usually you become like you're at your top when you're maybe 25 to mm -hmm. 30 years. That's mm -hmm. for, for most sports. Mm -hmm. So if you're 15 years today, then you have basically 10 years to be the best. So if, yeah. if you can, you can have to try to have that long, uh, long, yeah, exactly. Like the if if, if you uh, if your listeners has read the marshmallow test, where they have the like, uh, you should check it out on, on YouTube. It's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, you have uh, like a kid, and they they they. They leave the kid in the room. There's a, like a marshmallow on the table. It's like if you leave the, if you don't eat this now, you can get three, two marshmallows in 15 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. And the kid doesn't 
doesn't eat it, uh, yeah. have the, the ability to wait, they get more mm. successful later in life. Yeah. So always try to, to see in the long run, what can I do now to be better next year? And of yeah. course, that kind of ties into to the things we have talked about, like so strength and conditioning, yeah. So it's kind of like delayed gratification then, in other words, what I say there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think just, 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 you know, keep going with what you're doing. Keep going through the process. You know, delay the gratification, and then you know, you, you know, it, it could happen for you in the long run. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you have to. If you're gonna be good, you have to. I mean, surround yourself with good people and good yeah, trainers yeah. and uh, people yeah. that dare to to think different. And of course, I mean, if if you're gonna be be a great tennis players in 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 10 years you have to think how will tennis look in 10 years not yeah. how no, tennis not looks now. now yeah 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 so you've always got to be evolving and adapting as well yeah definitely yeah so Patrick, where can people reach out to you on social media if they want to have a chat about you know tennis or badminton or, or really anything you spoke about today it, it's easiest to find me on on instagram uh, okay. Where I uh, called Sport Performance Center. Okay. Uh, that's uh, that's where you can find me. And also, I'm pretty active on on LinkedIn. So okay. please add me there if you if you're interested in having a chat. Uh, and uh, if you want to send me an email, it's info at sportformancecenter.com. So perfect. That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> perfect, Patrick. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a pleasure. Great. Okay, folks, that's another episode of the Racket Athlete Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening. Please leave a review.